This is Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Now with your hosts, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. And with that, we're off and running, or should I say we kick off the new season here. Uh, the games are here. Happy Labor Day weekend. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Our producer, Tony Cordero, is also here. Josh Ewing is working audio. The whole team is here. Uh, Southeastern Conference is what we're talking about. Um, you know, Here we go. You know, We're going to talk later, uh, Mike, with Danny Sheridan, um, a name everyone knows associated with college football. Um, this guy, boy, he really knows this game. He, 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 we talked to him before we went on and he said, Hey, the SEC strongest conference in the country. I don't think anyone would argue with that. No, I, I think when you look up to down, you know, this, you, you know, you have Alabama and Georgia who are perceived to be in that top four. You have LSU, who's basically like a wrestler with a chair, clearing people out of the way so that they can be in the top four. Um, and then, you know, again, you have teams like Tennessee that that are uh, number 12 in the country. They could easily shock shock the world. And And it seems like every year there's always in these big conferences, there's always one team that kind of comes up from nowhere to surprise, you know, maybe a Florida. You just don't know. But th- this conference is stacked. There's really not an easy game on the schedule. No, no. And we're going to talk more with him about that. And also we'll talk uh, expansion as well. We've got a great show uh, here coming up. But as you really talk about, um, again, everything starts and begins, not with Alabama, but with Georgia, the national champions, not just once, but back-to-back years, um, the national champs. And now Georgia going for uh, for the three-peat. Kirby Smart talking about uh, his Georgia Bulldogs opening this weekend at home against Tennessee Martin, number one team in the country. Here's Coach Smart. We'll talk more about him on the other side. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to get started for game week prep. Um, we actually did some work on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but uh, mainly uh, Friday and Saturday on ourselves and our opponent, UT Martin. But today we'll be focused uh, primarily on that. Um, heard about the event today they did for uh, Coach Dooley and the, the Dooley Memorial Inter- I guess it's Intersection. Is that correct? Uh, and it sounds like that's a great event. I certainly have a lot of appreciation for uh, – coach and his family and uh, what they've meant to this community it meant a lot to, to me personally as well so I'm glad they were able to do that but for today uh, to UT Martin we move on got a lot of respect for UT Martin coach Simpson and his staff have done a tremendous job I mean when you talk about being conference champs which they've been um, the, a lot of their stats within their conference look very similar to ours in terms of being balanced really good on offense and really good on defense um, and we played teams from that conference, and I know a lot of coaches in that conference. One of our coaches, Trey Scott, got his start uh, there, his first job by uh, Coach Simpson and and worked. He knows their offensive coordinator uh, really well, and uh, they've done a tremendous job with their program of building it uh, from the ground up, and they've got a great foundation laid. So we're excited to have them come in and hoping for some good weather. Um, excited for our, our guys to get to go play somebody else. They've worked tremendously hard this camp. I mean, we probably have had – one of the the toughest camps since I've been here, um, mainly because of the heat. The heat was so different the last, I guess, three weeks. It's just uh, you, you can't avoid it, you know. And it's been tough. And uh, our guys have pushed through it. And uh, now we got to set a standard for how we practice in season. Um, and that starts today because you don't inherit that from previous teams. 
questions? <clears throat> hey, Kirby, on the running backs, uh, what's Dejon Edwards been dealing with, uh, and how is he and Kendall Milton, and have you been uh, looking at Dylan Bell at running back? Well, we're looking at everybody at running back. We're going to try to find the best way possible to get um, the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Uh, but to answer your question specifically, uh, Dejon was dealing with an MCL. He had one uh, last year, um, but he's actually doing great. Um, I think he's going to be able to practice and, and do everything today. So we feel good about Dejon's status. He uh, it, it happened in the second scrimmage, and so I don't know what that date was, but um, would have been – you know, I guess a week ago, Saturday, um, and he's he's bounced back pretty good from that, so he looks good. Kendall has been dealing with a hamstring most of, almost all of camp. Um, he feels, you know, 80%, 90%, and uh, we're hopeful to get him back uh, today as well in terms of uh, practicing and taking reps. The volume they do, we have to be careful of because they haven't been uh, in the heat as much as the other guys in the last week, but we feel good about both those guys. I feel good about Andrew Paul, Rod Robinson's had a great camp. Cash has had a good camp. Um, really got a, a bunch of guys who've repped and, and done some good things there. But Dylan, we need Dylan at wide out. We need Dylan on special teams. Um, Dylan has had a really good camp in terms of being a wide receiver. He played that some in high school, so that's something he's done before. But, you know, we, 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 the way offenses are nowadays, you can get your touches a lot of ways. Um, and we've got a lot of plays uh, that involve perimeter blocking, direct runs, perimeter runs. I mean, as a defensive coach, every offensive play has three plays on it. So it could be a direct run with this and this. And in those ways, you can get a lot of people touches. So that would be the plan. But I feel good about the backs we have. I feel a lot better if Dejon and, and Kendall are 100%. But uh, we'll see where they are today. Coach, you talked about kind of preparing for UT Martin, of course. Um, obviously, their starting quarterback they named just recently in Kinkhead Dent. Uh, I think he's only got about nine passes combined over his college career. Most of his film is holding kicks. So how do you kind of prepare for a guy like that without with limited film? Well, you don't prepare for the guy. You prepare for the offense. You know, you don't like when we go play somebody, we don't prepare for the guy. Uh, we might try to find something out about him in terms of what did he do in high school? What does he excel at? Uh, what does he struggle with? Is he a guy that, that doesn't read coverage as well? Is he a runner? Is he not a runner? I mean, there's all kinds of things we'll try to discover. But, you know, they have an offense. They have an offensive system, and they'll cater that offensive system to fit his skill set. So we, we go off what they've done in the past and uh, a little bit of research on him as well. Coach, I was wondering if you could speak about UT Martin schematically and if there's any similarities to anybody you might face down the road, maybe in conference. And if so, do you use that as an opportunity to maybe, not necessarily experiment, but maybe put something on tape that you might try later down the road? No, I mean, we, we look at them schematically and we try to figure out who they are, what they've done. You watch all their games. Uh, you worry about yourself. You try to improve the things you do yourself. I think it's really important. First game of the year, we always look back at things that gave us problems because that's probably what they're looking at. And you want to you know, research and say, all right, what, what have they done well? What have they done poorly? What have we done well? And, and what have we done poorly? Because we're going to see some of that. Um, they are a, a well-coached, very good scheme team offensively. They're like everybody you play. You know, there, there's nobody that's really different anymore. There's more of the same. You don't see a triple option. So it's like, okay, well, what do they do offensively? They're very similar to everybody else. They got the ability to throw the ball in the perimeter. They throw RPOs. They run the ball well. They have plays. They don't block anybody in the interior, and it doesn't matter. 
because the ball goes on the perimeter. Uh, so they do a good job of that defensively. They're they're similar to us. You know, they they can go three down, they can go four down. They primarily go out of an odd look and uh, a three down look, and we get to look at that a lot because we do it defensively. So we 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 share um, ideas in terms of schemic schematics. When you watch us and them, and you watch their conference, you see some similarities there. Coach, uh, can you give two questions? Can you tell us a little bit about Laneith Whitehead and maybe if we can expect to see him? And what's the status on Lad, Lad McConkey? Um, Lad's doing great. We had to uh, shut him down for a little bit. He had a little bit of a, a back injury, but he's fine. He's dealt with it before. He's had it last year. He practiced uh, Saturday and uh, was good and expected to be out there today, so he should be fine. Uh, in terms of Laneith, he's dealt with a little bit of a knee injury during camp. Um, it was bothering him, but he's he's battled back from that. Uh, he's trying to learn our offensive system still and pick up on things and kind of find his fit and his where he fits uh, in this running back group. And uh, he's done a good job uh, giving us a great look and, and continue to work and get opportunities. There's certain lot of opportunities at the running back positions for guys to get carries and show us what they can do. Uh, Kirby, just updates on Kamari, David Daniel, and Smile. Yeah, those guys look good. Uh, been practicing. David Daniels had a little bit of a turf toe. Uh, he came back out Saturday, was able to run, hit some high speeds. He'll be practicing with us. Kamari and Smile have been practicing for the last couple of weeks. Well, I feel like that was a little bit Lou Holtz-ish. Not quite to the extent that Lou Holtz was, but, um, you know, Kirby's got to build this up. Here's a team that that legitimately is a – near super team and they've got a schedule that they could end up going undefeated and winning every game by 20 points or more obviously there's there's always bumps in the road um but this this georgia team you know we got to see how how the quarterback position plays out but you know when you've got great receivers and you've got a good offensive line and you've got good running backs um and then a defense that literally puts fear in people before the game even starts being a, being a quarterback is much lower pressure at Georgia than other places. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, Carson Beck coming in, he wins um, the the quarterback battle with a former five star kid, Brock Vandegrift, who played um, literally his school was eight miles away from the UGA campus. Um, you know, but he's somebody here also who has been a solid backup behind Bennett Stetson Bennett the past two years knows this offense well. Um, there may be a drop-off, but I'm not sure that there's much of a drop-off with this Georgia offense. Yeah, Stetson Bennett it was a very good quarterback, He did, but he wasn't physically imposing, and he couldn't do things that no other quarterback could do. So I, I think there's a real opportunity for Beck to step in and be, you know, live up to those expectations. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see, and if he does live up to those expectations – you know, then all of a sudden, um, Alabama and LSU, they're going to be trying to catch this uh, Georgia team as opposed to uh, uh, having, a you know, a dogfight all year long. Yeah, some of the SEC top 10, uh, top 25 teams in action. Alabama opens versus uh, Middle Tennessee, 730 Eastern time uh, there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, also a 12th ranked Tennessee. The Vols are home against Virginia. That's a noon start Eastern uh, on Saturday, Texas A&M, 23rd in the country, taking on uh, New Mexico uh, Saturday. And then the big game we're watching Sunday night, fifth-ranked LSU at number eight, Florida State. What a game uh, to kick off Labor Day weekend uh, under the lights. They're in Tallahassee. 
Oh, I'll tell you what, if this doesn't get you excited, if this doesn't get the heartbeat increased, then you shouldn't be watching college football because you've got LSU trying to recapture the magic of just, you know, four years ago. Uh, Now you have um, Florida State trying to get back to where they were in the Bobby Bowden era, and they are ranked number eight with a very physically talented team. They're in striking distance to do that. And and really, I kind of look at this as a as almost like a, a mini playoff for one of those teams to get the inside track uh, along with maybe USC out west to to go up against the the four teams of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan that are the favorites to get there. I guess I'd put Penn State in that competition as well. Yeah, by the way, I should correct myself. This game being played actually in Orlando, not Tallahassee, and hopefully uh, the weather, uh, you know, <laughs> with 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 the Adaya, you know, going through the area, that's not a problem there. Um, you know, when it was a thrilling game last year, as you recall, FSU getting the win, uh, 24-23. Remember the Tigers drove 99 yards for a touchdown with no time on the clock, but the Seminoles blocked the extra point in that contest. Neither team ranked then. They come back this year. Uh, LSU rebounding from that to win the SEC West, uh, finishing 10 and four before losing to Georgia in the SEC title game. But again, um, what a what a game that was. They come back now, top 10, uh, LSU and Florida State, one of the many games that we're watching. Keep it here. Again, Danny Sheridan coming up in a few minutes. But up next, though, we're going to talk about those other two teams Mike alluded to in terms of who comes up and challenges Georgia at the top of this conference. Two teams uh, we'll talk about uh, Alabama. And the other team we're watching in the SEC. Keep it here. This is Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition. This ad furnished by Nesmith Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow, that is fast. If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. Right back here on the show. And as we talked about a moment ago, we're going to discuss some other teams outside uh, of Georgia. Obviously, we discussed this LSU uh, Florida State team. Alabama usually, uh, Mike, is the team that we jump in, obviously, and everyone across the country, right? You talk about in terms of this is the team in the SEC and the country. Um, you know, for the first time in 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 a while, they're they're taking a backseat. Um, and it's a solid backseat. I mean, it's not just like, yeah, they're gonna start here, they'll they'll do something later. Um, two questions for you. Can can you win without an established quarterback? And number two, um, is the run here over for the Crimson Tide? I mean, all dynasties have to have to end at some point, right? Yeah, and and you wonder, I mean, Nick Saban is an amazing coach, arguably the best college football coach in history, but you do 
get older and young lions come up and maybe Kirby smart, you know, is, has, has changed the old guy out of the pride, but, um, you know, you're still talking Alabama. People are worried about them when they're ranked number four in the country. I think a big bellwether for this team will be what happens against Texas. Texas is a very talented team, but they don't have the experience in winning. They don't have the killer instinct to put games away the way this Alabama team has done for years. If Alabama can't do that anymore, then you look at games like Tennessee and LSU as being really um, scary moments for them. It's going to be an interesting uh, year, and I do think if the defense lives up to expectations, it takes a lot of pressure, just like uh, what happens at Georgia off that quarterback. Yeah, the thing about Alabama, though, is you've got LSU. You've got Texas A&M. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, the West is always loaded. Um, you know, Auburn, like, they're raising their hands saying, don't forget about us over here. We think we can do something. Um, you're right. If, if, you, if you don't get past Texas, a non-conference game, by the way, but setting the tone for next year, right? Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. So, and then the other side for Tennessee, you know, Josh Heupel, what a job he's done very early on. Um, but it, it feels like things kind of fell in place at the right time for the Vols last year. And I think the question right now for those folks not living in Knoxville, is this Vols team back uh, or was last year an aberration? I think we'll figure that out based on if they can stop anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, this team, we know they're going to score points. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It seems like, um, you know, Heupel is amazing. If we go back to the year that, you know, he quarterbacked that Oklahoma team in a glorious, you know, the guy was the master of making whatever play was necessary. If they needed 10 yards, he gets 11. If they need two, he gets three. It's like a superpower. But um, this team is going to have to stop some people from scoring and, but you also have the opportunity with both Alabama and Georgia on the schedule that you can actually set your own destiny here. They have it under their control, but you know, you can't let Texas A&M's offense go nuts. Kentucky's offense, um, even a Missouri out there. And, and the other one, I think looming that I just haven't quite figured out how, how good they're going to be. That Florida team would scare me a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's another team that is, um, they have to get it done, right? I mean, Florida, we discussed last week with the Florida Gators that, you know, Billy Napier just one season in, and yet it feels like his seat is warm already, even though he's recruiting well. Um, that's a team and a program that's a lot of pressure to win now, not next year. Yeah, and and of course, if, if folks have seen the Netflix series on Florida, um, you know, that talent that that he's recruiting will pay dividends but he's got to win against some really good teams that are good right now, or that talent might pay dividends for a different coach. And it's not fair, but that is life. And of course, people forget that uh, Urban Meyer had a foundation of talent laid for him by Ron Zook, who ended up, you know, going on to less important things at Illinois and then special teams coaches in the NFL. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um we're going to talk more about uh, these uh, teams with Danny Sheridan here coming up in just a few moments. By the way, one other game we're watching of interest, great interest, uh, in the Carolina, 7.30 Saturday night, 21st-ranked North Carolina at South Carolina, and Spencer Rattler came on strong at the end of the season, the former uh, five-star quarterback at Oklahoma. What can he do with the Gamecocks uh, in year two? 
leading that program. We will find out here very shortly. This is the Big Sports Radio SEC edition. Again, Danny Sheridan up next. And um, we will get uh, his thoughts the way that only way that Danny can tell them. Uh, we can promise you he'll be entertaining. That's next. Stay with us. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800-413-7158. 800-413-7158. That's 800-413-7158. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022 and right now you can get vivens home security technology for about a dollar a day plus get free professional installation from a licensed technician protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day call right now for your free home security consultation 800-613-8053-800-613-8053 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Well, we are excited now to be joined by uh, one of the legends, uh, college football, man, he, he, experts, analysts, insider, you name it. Danny Sheridan is on the show. Danny, how are you? Larry, great, and it's good to see you again, and I'm sorry you can't see my mugshot. <laughs> well, I've got the image of you in my mind uh, <laughs> from our, our, our days at CNN many, many years ago, more years ago than we than we want to count. Um, right. great, great to have you on the show. Listen, I want to start with um, with SEC. Um, you know, the big question this week everyone's talking about, um, you know, we've got two-time defending champion Georgia, not Alabama, Georgia, um, national champs, and going for the unprecedented three-peats. Um, you know, boy, they've got things rolling down there, but one, they're in the SEC Two, They've got some new personnel. Um, how hard is this going to be for them to try to come back and, and win three in a row? Well, first of all, my humble opinion, Georgia is better defensively than they were last year. Wow. Offensively, I would also say a little bit better, except for the most important position. And you know, that's Larry, that's Carson Beck. Yeah. Uh, they're loaded. They're, and again, overall, they're better than last year, which is scary. Then you couple that with an easy schedule. They dropped, I believe, they were supposed to open or second game Oklahoma, something like that. And the uh, SEC said, no, you can't play Oklahoma. We'll let you play Ball State. 
Thank you. <laughs> but but yet they let Alabama play Texas. So hell, I don't understand what's going on. But yeah. yes, Georgia's loaded. Uh, I do think they'll lose a game this year. In fact, I'm not convinced. But if they 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 should have lost to Missouri. The 31 point favorites, Larry. And my right. point is, it's not they're bad. This conference, and you know this, Tony knows it. This conference is the toughest conference from top to bottom. Vanderbilt lost 26 games in a row, if I remember right. And what do they do? They upset Florida and they upset Kentucky in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Here's Missouri, a 31-point underdog, I think beating Georgia by 10 points middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Then the Missouri coach decided, hey, I'm just going to run the clock and upset them. No, you should have kept doing what you were doing. Anyway, they lost by four. And they definitely lost. When I say they definitely lost, they should have lost to Ohio State. The kid missed a 50-yard field goal. Why am I saying all this? Because you can only get up four times a year in college football if you're a good team where you play 100%. Georgia's ready for Tennessee, and I could go on and on. But they were not ready for Ohio State. They looked at Ohio State. And I don't mean to ramble on about Ohio State. My point is the conference is so balanced. And when they overlooked Ohio State, hey, we're at home. Look at Ohio State. Those clowns lost by 23 points at home to Michigan, overconfident. Then Kirby got them all together, said we should have lost that game. TCU beat Michigan. Michigan beat Ohio State. You know what Georgia did. That's one of the games they got up for. Anyway, the conference is scary. I think it's won, well, I know it has, four titles in a row. If the Big Ten won two titles in a row, you'd hear all the national media. They're great, you know, retire the trophy. They want, The SEC has won, Larry, 13 out of 17 national championships in football. And I think we, excuse me, I think we won four in a row in baseball. But anyway. Sounds sounds about right. And you're right. The answer to your question is they're going to lose. I think they'll lose the game. They'll be in the playoffs, and uh, they'll either lose during the regular season, possibly during the SEC title game, Georgia. Yeah, um, and and you're exactly right. You you take away the Marvin Harrison injury, Ohio State maybe wins that game. I mean, you know, that's just how the ball bounces. But you're exactly right. I remember being back in the Fiesta Bowl back in 07 when Florida upset Ohio State and Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Troy Smith, and that began this great run that, that they're on right now. So that's Georgia. Uh, Alabama, you mentioned Tennessee. It's been a while since we've talked about Tennessee as being in that upper echelon. Um, but boy, Josh Heupel, he's got him back in a hurry. He's done a great job, but it's nice to do a great job with Herndon Hooker, just like at LSU with Daniels. Really nice. And what's so funny and ironic that I like to remind Tennessee fans is you would have never beaten Alabama without Hooker. No, You know that unbelievable athlete and i don't know and they would have been in the college football playoffs if hooker hadn't gotten injured so what is my point of the conversation when i want to punish tennessee fans hey what how did herndon hooker arrive in tennessee and they go i who got who bought him you know bought him the coach they fired they got rid of <laughs> ran him off and you ought to put a statue up there because you're never going to be that good again and this you've got a great coach you're only as good as your quarterback and obviously surrounding talent. But if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're in big trouble. And that was a garrulous answer. But uh, Tennessee definitely treated the former coach wrong. They ought to pay him more than he – they ought to pay him $10 million. Again, I cannot tell you how excited – how Tennessee was like the dreg of the SEC. They didn't even want – it's like – I could tell you 100 jokes, but we don't have time about Tennessee that I do in my speeches. They – um they just said, you know, we've had it. We can't win. And then Herndon Hooker comes along 
courtesy of the other coach, and you and you got a very good coach. And now Tennessee thinks like, hell, they've been they lost sixteen out of seventeen to Florida. I don't know how many they lost sixteen in a row to Alabama. And I could go on and on, but yes, they're on the up this year. I'd say Tennessee will lose three or four games. I don't know how good Milton is. No, he looked good against Clemson in the uh, Orange Bowl, and he's not a bad quarterback, but he's no Herndon Hooker. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned quarterbacks. Uh, Alabama still, I don't think they've chosen theirs yet, have they? Have I missed that? Did Saban pick somebody? Or uh, I mean, can you go into a season with without a, a main guy? And, well, and yet, <laughs> I mean, it's a great question. First of all, he didn't announce until like get 10 minutes for the game. Right. The game. <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. And he and he tells, he intimidates the press, which I love in a sense that he goes, don't ask me about my quarterbacks. They don't ask you. But it, and that's Alabama this year. They're going to be favored every game. They got all the big boys at home except for A&M. I see Alabama, I think they're one of the best four teams in the country, but I see them losing two, maybe three games, which would be a, not a shocker to me. It wouldn't be. But they're just, again, it's just too talented, the SEC. And if they had a quarterback, I really believe Alabama would go undefeated. By that, I mean if Bryce Young were there. And I know they had a great team last year, but trust me on this one, Larry. They're loaded just like Georgia, except at quarterback. Georgia has a much more experienced quarterback and probably a better team man for man. But if you don't think Alabama's going to have a frightening offensive line, running backs, tight end, wide receivers, you never even heard of him. The kid that I can't think of who you know, Devontae Smith. I never heard of him. He's a freshman. Next thing I know in the championship game, he's catching a 50-yard ridiculous pass from Tua to upset – well, not upset him, but to beat Georgia. So they're loaded. We all should have Saban's problems, Kirby Smart's problems. (laughs) Go on and on. Then you throw in the transfer portal. Unbelievable. It's it's amazing. Hey, I want to get to – you know, uh, boy, the portal is one thing, but I I do want to spend some time talking about um, college football expansion. Um, certainly, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, making their announcement a couple of years ago that they're going to jump to the sec next year that began this, um, the next big salvo, of course, last summer, USC, UCLA, and then now the PAC 12 basically falling apart your thoughts on this. I know, I, th- I think you think like I do, you're a bit of a purist. We like to think old school, um, but this is 21st century and college football is never going to be the same. You're right. It's uh, it's horrible. It's all bait. If it was driven on student athletes, no problem. It's driven on money. You know that. And it's uh, it's not going to ruin college football, but hell, it's just you're just not going to have UCLA. I mean, I can't. This is a big rivalry. UCLA or Southern Cal versus Rutgers. Right. I'm going to get into that. And they're going to travel across country. But no, I, I'm very much opposed to it. And what I'm not and I'm sure people have mentioned it, but who started all this expansion? who acts like they're so innocent. Oh, this is terrible. What's happened to college football? Talking about the SEC. If the SEC hadn't pulled the trigger, none of this would have happened. I don't fault the SEC. Hell, I would have done it too. They're going to have a drop-dead contract, media rights contract, get in Oklahoma and Texas, and then Ohio State, uh, excuse me, the Big Ten followed suit. And now it's the survival of the fittest. And you probably know what's going on with all the, I mean, if you had a time, I'd go into What's going to happen to poor Oregon State and Washington State? Two decent programs, but yeah, and well, and and your programs that are decimated financially, you're going from roughly 24, 25 million a year, looking at possibly five million a year. I mean, and that's those are those are real. That's we're not just throwing numbers out. That's really what they're looking at. Imagine cutting a budget by eighty percent if you're Oregon State or Washington State. That's the reality you're faced with in summer come summer twenty twenty four. 
And the real tragedy is women's sports. I don't care about Title IX. That's not going to come into play. By that, I mean, I don't care. that They don't care about Title IX. Because given the choice of cutting Washington State or Oregon State's football program, you know what they're going to do with what I call the minor sports, baseball, men's baseball. It's just going to be brutal. And you make you raised a good point. And I'm, I'm Oregon State and Washington State, which they are. They're begging the Big 12. They're begging the ACC, no chance. And they're going to probably have to go to the Mountain West, which is a major step down. Are they going to become independent? And I don't see how they can make – well, they're not going to make it independent-wise. But, yeah, those uh, it's all about dollars. And you know how much programs like Georgia and Alabama spend. And you could go to the MAC. They spend a ton of money on football. But they're just going to be crunched. No one could – not a corporation in America could stand a slashing of their budget like that. Right. <clears throat> You're exactly right. And that comes – my next point, the ACC, there's talk, and, boy, by the time this airs, uh, Stanford, Cal, and SMU could be a part of the ACC. I mean, it looks like a vote is imminent on that. But that amazes me, too, because it doesn't solve the problem. The ACC, at roughly $40 million a year, is still $30 million behind the teams in the SEC and the, and the Big Ten per year. So the arms race, I've argued, is already there. It's already a big two. When you've got 12 of the top 15 paid college football coaches are in those two conferences, um, two are in the ACC, the the if, if you're I, I get Stanford and Cal because you're facing again having nothing. So 12 million, 15 million from the ACC is better than nothing. Um, but the ACC still is a step behind these other two major conferences in terms of dollars. What'll happen? ESPN has a clause, I'm told, that they can re that the ACC can renegotiate their media rights if they add teams. If they drop below, I don't remember the number, it was 15 teams. If they, the ACC, does that, ESPN can come in and really put it to them and reduce their media rights. So I've not read that, but I've been told that. And I know it to be true. So it, it behooves the ACC to add those three teams just for one reason only. Their media rights will be increased. Plus Stanford, and I, you've read this, I'm sure, Stanford and Cal are so desperate they're, they're willing to forego not all of their media rights, but not a full share of the revenue, which makes it more attractive. I don't understand why the ACC voted them down or four schools held out, uh, as it was reported in the papers. But uh, supposedly, like you said, they're going to come on board. And if they don't, they're out of their mind because, we're again, we're only talking about one thing. We're not talking about student athletes because they don't care about them. We're talking about money. And if the ACC, as you pointed out, wants to increase their money, they must expand. Now, I'm not talking about picking up Slippery Rock. And if they do expand, this is what's going to happen. They're going I don't know what the figure is, Larry, but they're going to ESPN has got to give them more money. And at the same token, if they get rated the ACC, ESPN has the contractual right to lower their fees, which they'll do in a New York nanosecond if they get the chance. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. <clears throat> the number I saw somewhere was. Um, there may be a pool of like $60 million of fresh money that the, the current ACC schools can divvy amongst themselves. And they may use that money to give uh, the power football programs like Clemson and Florida State the extra money they're looking for to try to compete with schools in the SEC and the Big Ten. But still, it's a haves and have nots. And I don't, I don't know about you. I got about a minute left here, uh, Danny. By the way, that's a great point, And you're 100% right. That's what that's the only then I led them in because they're altruistic. But anyway, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, you know, it is boy, you and I, as always, we could talk forever. Um, I, when my final thought, I still think that 
um, uh, there, it's not done. I think there's still more to come uh, even after this movement, but uh, by, by 2030, but we will see then. Danny, it is always good to talk with you. Uh, very quickly, 30 seconds. Give me your, as we stand right now, your four picks for the, the four playoff teams come December. Well, I'm going to contradict myself real quickly. Alabama and Georgia are the best two in Ohio State and Michigan. I think Michigan's going to lose three games this year. I think Texas is going to not win their conference. I like Oklahoma to surprise a lot of teams. And in the ACC, I think Florida State is going to upset Clemson and win that conference. And Ohio State over Michigan when they play. Wow. Okay. Day back on top and saves his job. <laughs> hey, Columbus. <laughs> Danny Sheridan, always good to talk with you, my friend. Hopefully you'll join us again soon. Take care. Uh, anytime, Larry. Thank you. All right. Thank you. College football guru, analyst, expert, legend, Danny Sheridan uh, here on the show. Glad he's with us. Stay with us. Much more to come. We'll pay some bills and back with more after this. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Guys, I don't know if, if you guys saw it, but how about the Little League World Series? California and the walk-off home run. I mean, it's one thing to win the Little League World Series. It's another to win it in that kind of dramatic fashion for, for a kid. It's fantastic. So exciting. The kid was so excited. I was waiting for the umpire to call him out when he took his helmet off, though. You know what I mean? I yeah. couldn't you see that? That would be a you know just typical like uh, you know too involved thing, you know. But it was, it was really cool. I mean, I think that's what it's all about. You see these kids; they're just it's so much emotion, and they just play with their hearts on their sleeves. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and and you almost hate to tell that kid like. It, how do you top this in life? <laughs> I mean, it just you know it's like. Thank goodness I don't live that high of a standard of life because I don't have to top anything that exciting. But, um, you know, you've got you've already done that in your life. There's a lot of ho-hums that most people would get really excited about after you've done this. You know, he's think about his NIL that he can get now. (laughs) (laughs) Sad, but true. You're exactly right. You know, I mean, it's it's nuts that you think about Curacao tied it up in the fifth with a grand slam. Uh, and now they've lost uh, two years in a row in the final. I, you're right. I think about, I mean, you know, my pathetic athletic career, I had an unassisted double play in the Little League World Series, Little League All-Star Game, I should say, and back in Mattoon, Illinois. And it's still a big deal for me all these years later. Can't so you imagine. got out twice in the same play? Unassisted. No. <laughs> No, I was on defense. Oh, okay. I, I just oh, I yeah. thought of your athletic ability. And like, I'm thinking you got out baby. twice on the same play. First base, dove and caught the line drive and slapped first base and got wow. out. Wow. And then brushed the crowd his tie of off. Hundreds rest roared. His tie off. He was ready to go. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. The I umpire, the the umpire the called tie. him safe because Larry had an illegal tie. That's right. Oh, my so, goodness. <laughs> all right. Speaking of NIL, uh, Georgia football, you know, it's good to be the king. It's good to be the king, guys. A great report here uh, earlier this summer about uh, the money these guys made. How about Stetson Bennett? Forget a two-time national champion. $1.3 million in NIL money? <laughs> well, it's in... in- just it's great, huh? I mean, that's why why are you going pro? <laughs> stay just uh, no wonder these guys stay in college. Take a pay cut. Well, uh, and I I was I've generally looked at these NIL dollars as being a little bit like WWE heights and weights, a little bit inflated. But then it's the SEC, and you figure, well, they probably really paid it. But it, you know, the bottom line is is uh you can, you know, money. You get what you what you pay for, and and it uh, looks like Georgia paid for a national title. That's pretty good. It's good. It, it was a good investment. There's no question. Yes, it was. Yeah, a great story. This was on boardroom.tv and asking who was the top dog, as it were, and it was talking about Georgia and TCU, um, number three, number one, and number three respectively in the college football playoff. Uh, Georgia ranked only as the number three team in the country, according to this report um, uh, on 3.com's NIL team rankings. Horn Frogs were 34th. Um, the average NIL valuation among Georgia athletes, the Georgia players, football players, I should say, the average 71,000, TCU's average 26,000, uh, as if recruiting already wasn't lopsided enough. But yeah, uh, Stetson Bennett, the senior, uh, 1.3 million, eighth. Only the eighth best. There were seven other players who, according to this report, made more money than him. It's just crazy. Wow. That's pretty good. I mean, hey, but, you know, he earned it, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he earned it. There's no question. Well, I look at these rankings. There's a couple team rankings that jumped out. Somehow, Indiana was 27th in the team rankings. And it's like, wow, you did not get what you paid for there. Um, and then I also <laughs> was was thinking, you know, at Northwestern, the 49th for one game, that's a heck of a of an investment. So there was some there was some lopsided. I guess it proves to you that you, you you can't just open the checkbook, but you have to spend it well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Georgia, they spend it well. Brock Bauer, sophomore tight end, preseason All-American, 1.1 million last year. Uh Jalen Carter off to the NFL, where he will make even more money, 896,000 last year. Uh Christopher Smith, 671,000. I mean, again, these aren't, you know, these aren't small company CEOs and their bonuses. I mean, these, these are some, some of these guys aren't, can't even legally uh, uh, drink <laughs> 21 yeah. legally. Well, well, you know, they, they don't have to, they, they save money. They don't have to spend their money on alcohol. Good are, deal for them. Are they old enough to legally lend for interest? Because some of these guys could start oh, their own banks. Oh, Mike, you're giving them ideas. Now, if they're in the state of Iowa, where they're spending, they're gambling with them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then there's that story. So, uh, yeah. NIL. Coach Campbell is watching his team disappear. It is crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. Hey, we're all done here. We appreciate all of our guests that came by. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. Please be safe. And we'll see you right back here. uh, Same station, same time next week. Take care. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Big Sports Radio SEC.